Hello, everybody. A few minutes early here for uh, going live, but here I am talking sports with Evan. I want to thank you for watching and uh, podcast will be posted probably tomorrow morning, the audio version of the show. Um, twice in one week, you get me. I, I, you know, I with the NFL season starting in a week, I decided I'm going to be going live, live streaming, podcasting twice a week now. I'm um, going to be doing some recapping of the Packers and the NFL on Monday or Tuesday and previewing the Sunday that is coming up for the Packers and the NFL then uh, that Thursday or Friday before uh, the NFL week starts. So a few things I want to talk about today. I uh, Tuesday when I went on uh, went live, I, I did talk a little bit about the Packers and the 53-man roster and um, – who I thought we'd back on the practice squad. So I'm going to touch base a little bit on the practice squad um, and who made it back. And I'm also going to talk to Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so my question of the night, and if you want to uh, submit your, your responses for those watching live, uh, feel free to, please. But my question of the night is this. With the Brewers, their record, um, 80, 80, uh, 81, 82 wins now, for a 10-game lead in the in the NL Central, took three or four from the Giants, and Corbin Burns been pitching incredible so far this season. Does he does he win the Cy Young? Is he the front runner for the Cy Young? And currently, I looked it up, and currently, as of September 1st, he is plus 200 for the Cy Young Award. And Walker uh, Bowler is uh, minus 120. So he, he's the front one runner, and rightfully so. But Burns is plus 200. Brandon Woodworth is plus 500. Freddie Peralta is plus 8,500. And I'm, I'm focusing on Corbin Burns for the, for the Cy Young just because you look at his what he has done um, this season with the strikeouts and the lack of walks and his ERA. Um, in August, his ELA was uh, 164 over 33 innings in the month. Um, he's also, like I said, tons of strikeouts and doesn't walk anybody. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. I also want to talk about, is this the year that Craig Council finally wins manager of the year? Is this the year that Council finally wins the manager of the year? So 2018, he lost out to uh, – um, he, he lost, finished second as manager of the year. In 2019, he lost, he, he got the most first place votes for manager of the year, but he finished second. He got the most first place votes, but finished second to the manager for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. So two, two back-to-back years, to me, he, he got kind of robbed from the manager of the year. So that's the next question. Is Craig Council the the NL manager of the year this year. Is this the year he finally gets it? I know the uh, Tapler, the Giants manager, he uh, definitely has, um, you know, something he um, definitely uh, deserves with the way the San Francisco Giants are playing baseball, which is great. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, bringing you back the the beer of the day. Um, something I did before I went to live streaming is I would talk mention what my beer of the day is and have a door county beer to present to you today as my beer of the day and so yeah that's uh 
where we're going to go from here. And then also kind of want to talk about fandom. So I, I am not one that's going to sit here and tell you how you need a fan. Um, be a fan of your team the way you want to be a fan of. Uh, but the one thing that just bothers me, and I saw a couple tweets today on Twitter in regards after the Brewers lost to the Giants and a couple replies that I had. And the Brewers just took two of three, I mean, sorry, three of four against the best team in the NL. They should have took at least two of three against the Giants a few, a few, game, a few series back. Remember, that was a series where they won game one in extra innings. Game two, um, Avi Garcia dropped the ball at the wall that he catches 99 times out of 100. And then in game three, they had pitchers in the bullpen pitching in situations that they normally don't pitch in due to the entire bullpen being on the COVID IL. So, yeah, I, I, I and then you uh, take three or four from the Giants. So the Brewers are now. 23 and 9 against the against the NL West, including 5 and 2 against the Padres, 4 and 3 against the Giants, 3 and 1 against the Dodgers, which they have a series against the Dodgers coming up at the end of the year. 6 and 1 against the Diamondbacks, 5 and 2 against Colorado. That's pretty damn good. Especially against the, the Padres, the, the Giants, and the Dodgers. They've lost six times against the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers. And they've won 12 times uh, as, you know, so 12 and six against those three teams. Likely going to see one of those three teams in the playoffs. So, you know, it's just kind of my little, you know, soapbox here is why be negative about everything? Like why, you know, so Devin Williams didn't have his best stuff today. So we're going to throw away the entire three games that they won because they lost the fourth game of the series. And, you know, it'll be nice to sweep series. It would it would be great to get a, you know, sweep series, get, you know, whatever. But series victories are even more important. Um, you know, you won, the season, you won the series against the Giants. You, yes, you lost the series against the Twins over the weekend. But really all the Brewers need to do from here until the end of September is just win series. As long as they just win series, and maybe they'll lose a series here and there. But if they just win series, the Reds aren't catching them. The, the Cardinals aren't catching them. And they can uh, put even more of a gap between them and the Cardinals coming up this weekend. And I also want to bring up, I was uh, looking at The Athletic. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, I highly recommend it. It's worth the money that you pay for a subscription to The Athletic. I was looking at The Athletic, and there's an article, uh, Will Salmon, Great writer for the Bruins. Great beat writer for the Bruins. He has an article on The Athletic um, was talking about how, basically how the Brewers fixed Willie Adonis, who he won't get the MVP of the NL, but he definitely should get some consideration for MVP of the NL. Great article by Salmon. You know, we, we talked, I, I, I talked a few months back when I did my show, um, when the Brewers' offense was in a funk about people wanting to fire the pitching coach, you know, what exactly does the pitching coach even do? Uh, pitching coach, hitting coach, I'm sorry. What exactly does the hitting coach even do? You know, that's a lot of what um, people were saying. They wanted the hitting coach fired. And, like, what does the hitting coach do? But I think it does a great job kind of explaining the role that Andy Haynes and the, the pitching coaches in general play on um, – 
hitters at the big league level. Um, Cause it's not just a matter of let's hit better. It's just a matter of finding strategies to hit better. So a couple comments here in the comments. Uh, yeah, Peter, I'm definitely uh, surprised uh, um, that he hasn't won manager of the year yet either. And I think they can beat the Dodgers. Um, the Brewers tend to have played well against the Dodgers overall, not just this year, but in the past. Um, last year, um, they lost in the in the playoff. Like was it best of three, two or three against the Dodgers in the playoffs last year? But overall, the Brewers tend to play the Dodgers pretty well. And that was a situation with the Dodgers last year. You didn't have Corbin Burns, you didn't have Devin Williams, and you were forced to start Brett Suter in uh, that elimination game. Um, due to the injuries that you had at the end of the year. As long as the Brewers are healthy, I think the Brewers can beat anybody in baseball, as long as they're healthy. Um, I know Garcia left the game uh, with some precautions with hamstring and back uh, soreness. Hopefully it's nothing serious. I know Brett Anderson took a line drive off the shoulder, which he got lucky it wasn't a few inches higher. Um, so... You know, but the, the, the injuries and the uh, being healthy, that's what's going to determine if the Brewers can um, advance to the World Series. So right now it's looking like the Brewers will likely play, um, if they stay where they're at right now, they're going to play the America, the National League East. Um, they're going to play the National League East champion, which right now the Braves lead the division, which I'm fine with the Brewers getting the second seed. In the, in the playoffs, I'm perfectly fine with that because um, they're going to have the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Reds pretty much beat the crap out of one another um, for that, you know, for the wild card. And then in that uh, other divisional series, I'm perfectly fine with um, I, I'm perfectly fine with um, the Brewers keeping that two seed. But, you know, going back to Corbin Burns, as I mentioned, he's uh Currently second uh, in the in the odds for National League Cy Young, and I, I think he should win it. I really do. Um, you look at just the numbers he's had this year um, overall. He, you know, to me, he's the best in the in the NL. Um, you know, he's. Uh, he has a 2-1-3 ERA after the Cardinals series this past uh, weekend, uh, second best in baseball at that particular time. Um, he is first in FIP, um, first in XERA, strikeout to walk rates is first 7.61, K per nine innings 12.4, which is first, home runs per nine innings 0.35, which is first. Is uh, you know what he's doing, and he uh, struck out at one point this season, ten consecutive batters. Um, against the Cubs, um, to me, he uh, he is a Cy Young winner. Um, you, you, you watch his um, you watch his stuff, and yeah, he's only eight and four, but he's uh, eight and four going in. No, he's nine and four. Eight and four going into the uh, after the Cardinals series. He's got the best stuff in baseball, in my opinion, and. He, to me, he is the uh, the the uh, Cy Young. You know, going back to the awards races overall, um, the fav- you know this is from the Ringer. They have uh, Otani as the front runner for the uh, 
the AL MVP. Completely agree with that. Um, rookie of the year, they have John, NL Rookie of the Year, have Jonathan India. Completely agree with that. Uh, Jonathan India, second baseman of the Reds, just having an outstanding season. Um, AL Cy Young, they have Garrett Cole. Um, contenders, Lance Lynn and Robbie Ray. Dog Horse, Carlos Rodon. Um, NL AL Rookie of the Year, um, Randy Arizona. Arizona from the Rays, outfielder. Um, NL MVP, the favorite they have, Fernando Tatis. Um, the contenders, Bryce Harper, Max Muncy, Buster Posey, Trey Turner, and, uh, Joey Votto, and then they don't have any dark horses. And this is why I disagree with. I think Willie Adamas is a contender for the MVP. Um, they're, they're saying that a guy traded – Midseason and Trey Turner from the Nationals to the Dodgers is an MVP contender. Why can't really Adamas be an MVP contender? Um, I know he's not going to win it, but Adamas is definitely, um, definitely deserves consideration. And Walker, Bueller, uh, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler is a, is a favorite with Woodworth being a contender and a healthy Jacob DeGrom being a dark horse. Um, and another reason, you know, you look at, uh, NL Cy Young contender when it comes to war. Um, Corbin Burns is 4.6 according to baseball reference, 6.3 Fangrass, 4.4 baseball prospect, average war is 5.1. Zach Wheeler is the only one that has a higher average war um, than he does and Bur uh, at 5.7. Um, I know war is not the end all be all and you know, there's all other stats you can get behind it, but just watch Corbin Burns on the mound. You, you watch Kerbin Burns on the mound and just think two years ago, I wasn't in this camp, but two years ago, people wanted Corbin Burns uh, traded, released, cut, send him away. He's awful. And I was one that was wanting to be patient with him. You know, you, you look at, you, you look at, um, you know, what he did in 2018 that's the Corbin Burns I, I thought was closer to what we were seeing. And at the end of the day, it's looking like I'm correct in that, that the 2018 Corbin Burns coming out of the bullpen was the more accurate version of Corbin Burns we've seen because you look at what he did in 2020 and now what he's doing in 2021, you know, he, he, he didn't have enough innings pitched last year. And I think he missed the to qualify. And I think he missed it by one inning or two innings. Um, for the ERA title, but he had the best ERA in baseball last year, but he didn't qualify for the, uh, for the, the, with the innings pitch. And this year is ERA is even better um, to me. So Corbin Burns to me is the MVP. I mean, sorry, Cy Young, in my opinion. Um, moving on to Craig Council. Um, and, you know, Pete, you mentioned you're surprised he hasn't won the uh, the NL manager the manager of the year yet, and like you, I'm surprised too. Like, how is Craig Council not the NL manager of the year? Um, and ba Baseball America did a survey. Um, this is an article from the Walkie Journal Sentinel by Tom Hardcourt uh, wrote about it. But Baseball America did a survey, and Craig Council was named best manager in baseball, according to a Baseball American survey. Um, 
Baseball America came out with his annual best tools list Tuesday, a survey of managers, coaches, and executives regarding the players who rate their best at their crafts in each league. Um, the survey was suspended last year because of the pandemic shortened season, but the Brewers fared well in the 2021 list in the uh, National League. Craig Council was named best manager, ranking ahead of Dave Roberts and Jace Tingler. Josh Hader was voted best reliever, placing ahead of Craig, uh, Craig Kimbrell and the Do uh, Dodgers' Kenley Jansen. And Colton Wong was voted the best defensive second baseman ahead of Jake Cronworth and Ozzie Albers. Council's the longest tenured active manager with the same team in the National League. He's been the Brewers manager since May of 2015. Um, and he has the Brewers in position to win the National League Central for the second time in four seasons and return to the playoffs for the first four straight year, something that the, has never happened in club history. Um, I definitely agree with, with Council. And you see his, uh, his peers in the field, um, fellow managers, fellow players, fellow executives, they all agree too. Um, you know, he, to me, two years ago got robbed. Three years ago also got robbed of manager of the year. And I think this is the year that he should win it. And Kapler of the Giants is the only one standing between Craig Council and manager of the year. And, you know, Giants, you know, for, for unfortunately for Council and the Brewers, um, the Giants were not seen as a team that was supposed to compete in the National League West at all, and they've shocked a lot of people to be in that position, hence why a lot of people are really high on uh, Kapler right now. But to me, it's Craig Council. You look at what Craig Council does with what he has. Um, you know, his offense is one of the worst in baseball not that long ago, um, earlier this season, and they found ways to win. His pitching decisions, majority of the time, work out. His uh, pinch hitting decisions, his roster decisions, ultimately typically work out. And I know one of my friends just thinks I'm a uh, Brewer Homer, can never, you know, take off the blue and gold goggles. And I'm going to say, you know, Council's good no matter what. And I'm going to agree with everything that he does. But the thing is, Council has laid the foundation that who am I to question what he does? <laughs> Even if a move doesn't work. I can understand why he went with that move, why he felt this was the best choice possible, why he pulled a pitcher when he did, why he went with a certain arm out of the pen instead of somebody else. You know, Craig Council is playing a game of chess. He's playing a great game of chess, but he has to modify his chess game a little bit because 2018, 2019, 2017, you know, previous years where the Brewers were playing extremely good baseball, um, they could expand the uh, roster to 40. It's September 1st. Now you can only expand them to 28, so you get two extra guys. Um, so Council, back when you could expand it to the 40-man rosters, um, could play a really good game of chess with the 40 extra pieces he had on his roster. Now we get to see how he changes his uh, his chess game with having just 28 people on the roster. And I bet you you're going to see a lot of pitchers up and down between now and the end of September. Um, Topa uh, pitched the other day. My guess is he may get sent down, bring somebody else up. They're probably going to keep rotating fresh arms to throw into that pen. That's probably what they're going to do. You know, Council is playing chess, but most of the other managers are playing checkers. And 
they had a couple of things go against them against the Dodgers. Otherwise, they would have played in the World Series back in 2018. And then in 2019, it looked like they were going to beat the eventual World Series champions in the Nationals. And Hader throws a bad pitch that took an awkward bounce. And Trent Grisham was unable to field it. And the rest, as they say, is history. And last year, they were just overmatched um, with the team that they put out there. But I believe in Craig Council. I trust Craig Council. Um, anything Council does, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He knows a hell of a lot more about baseball than I do. And to be honest, he knows a hell of a lot about um, he knows a hell of a lot about more about baseball than a lot of guys in Major League Baseball does. And I don't know if they get. Uh, I don't know if managers do get any kind of bonus at the end of the year. I'm going to imagine there's probably clauses in the contract that if they get manager of the year, um, there's probably additional money that they could get. Um, so top, moving on, um, sticking with my Brewer theme right now, I'll get to the Packers practice squad in a minute. Um, and then I'm going to kind of lay out the table on what the shows are going to look like next week before I give you my beer of the game. So I mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, Will Salmon, right for The Athletic, published an article today about Willie Adamas. Happy birthday, Willie Adamas. Um, Brewers traded for Adamas um, back in May, and since that trade, the Brewers have one of the best records in Major League Baseball. This kind of turned out to be the spark the Brewers needed. But the issue is when Willie Adamas came to Milwaukee, he was batting, I want to say, like 190. Um, at home, at Tropicana Field, he was horrible. And away from there, he was much better. Um, his numbers at Tropicana Field um, were just not good. And at the time of the trade, you really have to wonder, like, what the hell are the Brewers doing? You know, because, you know, in uh, 2021, prior to the trade, he had a 23-degree uh, launch angle before the trade, highest of any shortstop by far. He uh, struck out 36% of the time he was batting. When he did make contact, he had an infield fly ball rate of 12.2. Um, Adamus even said sometimes when he's playing at home, he does, he's not seeing the ball. He's just pretty much sticking the bat, the ball, the bat out there, hoping to make contact with the with the ball. So, yes. Vision was a problem for Adamus, but obviously there are some tweaks and some things in a swing that needed to be fixed. And this is, again, I love Will Salmon um, from The Athletic, and I strongly encourage you to subscribe to The Athletic if you don't. Um, article he's talking about soon after he arrived in late May, the Brewers hitting coach talked to him about his offense. Just asked them, um, simple question, was there one time frame in your career that you were feeling your best? What was it? And he told Haynes second half of 2019. And, you know, the article is talking about how when the trade was going down, Andy Haynes and the Brewers, other uh, hit, hitting instructors, piled together tape after tape of Willie Adamas' game and watching his film. And, the second half of 2019, that is what uh, Andy Haynes saw, too, as the uh, time where he was just hitting his best. Since joining the Brewers, 
Um, he has played like one of the best young hitters in baseball in 85 games and 357 plate appearances. He has 17 home runs, a 142 uh, RFC and a 909 OPS. Um, in 41 games and 142 plate appearances with the Rays, he had five home runs and 625 OPS. He basically became a different player since putting on the Brewer uniform, and the statistic make it appear that way as well. But the issue, you know, the, the much of his success uh, playing with the Brewers does come from the fact he doesn't play Tropicana Field anymore, which he had a career 616 OPS. Um, he had a, in 2019, he had a 557 OPS at home and a 903 on the road. In 2020, a 511 at home and a 1.035 OPS on the road. Um, 2018, they switched lighting. Um, and he struggled to identify the ball. But the thing is, Willie Adamas came into Milwaukee, and he understood that there's stuff he needed to work on. Haynes talked to him about what he felt he needed to work on. And since becoming, you know, since, uh, since polishing his swing, since working on the swing, um, I mentioned that he had a strikeout rate of 36% and an infield fly ball at 12.2 with a 23-degree launch angle prior to Milwaukee. And since becoming, uh, be working with the Brewer staff, uh, switched his stance to a more athletic, taller stance. Um, he has a 12-degree launch, launch angle now and an 8.8% barrel, barrel rate. And sorry, that was 2019. With the Brewers, he's got a 14-degree launch angle, 10.8% uh, barrel rate and you cut his strikeout rate to 25 percent and his infield fly ball rate just to 2.4 percent so when you ask the question what does a big league hitting coach do it's finding little nuances in guys games like what just got laid out here by will salmon's article in the athletic it's finding little nuances in guys games and fix and tweaking it and fixing it and next thing you know they're playing much better um, Andy Haynes, yeah, a few months ago, yes, we all wanted him fired because the Brewers' offense couldn't play well at all. And, guys, there's an art another article that Will Salmon wrote talking about um, how guys were just throwing off-speed stuff to the Brewers nonstop because the Brewers can touch it. But what do the Brewers work on? Hitting off-speed pitches. And the thing is with baseball, things don't change overnight. It takes a little bit of time for – things that you put in, you tweak, you talk about, you adjust to start to work. It takes time. It's a 162-game season. Baseball is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Things don't change overnight. And the Brewers have shown with Andy Haynes as a, pit, as a hitting coach, the Brewers have shown that you can make adjustments on the fly, make, uh, make changes, um, and end up improving. And you look at Roddy Telez. Back in Toronto, he couldn't hit the ball if his life depended on it. He's hit much better in Milwaukee. And I think it goes, you know, without saying that the hitting coach is a big reason why. They recognize things in players' uh, film. You know, Kristen Yelich is back. He's he's batting he's batting much better lately. His batting average is now approaching 260, and uh, not too long ago it was in the 230s. So, again, if you get a chance to read it, it's at The Athletic. And it's just a great article talking about basically what the Brewers worked on 
um, once really Adamas came to Milwaukee and uh, and why the Brewers are offenses pretty much back. And Escobar coming back tomorrow. Um, Freddie Peralta coming back too, but with Escobar coming back tomorrow, the Brewers' offense is going to be even more dangerous in my opinion. So, yeah, Council's definitely super smart. And David Stearns, uh, the GM, or not sorry, he's not the GM anymore, the president of baseball operations, deserves a great credit of that too. Uh, him and Council, I think, communicate with each other great. Matt Arnold, the general manager, I think they have great communication with one another. Um, and they know what each other wants. So last thing I want to touch base on uh, is the Packers, big 16-player practice squad. And if you if you go back, um, the audio version of the show is posted um, anywhere podcasts are found. You can also watch the video stream of the show as well, Talking Sports with Evan on Facebook. Uh, my personal Facebook page, Evan with Allison or uh, uh, Evan with sports on Twitter. Um, you can find uh, the video there. Um, most of the people I mentioned who the Packers are likely going to bring back for the practice squad, they did. Um, a couple I didn't get right, but Abdullah Anderson, who they brought late in camp, he got, he made it. Kurt Benkert, who, I tweeted out earlier in the day, you know, apparently it was an unpopular opinion at the time that Ben Kurt was going to make the practice squad. You know, there's not a big, and, and I like Kurt Ben Kurt. I think he's a great personality. Um, he, you can get by with him for very short periods of time. If you had to insert him into a game um, where the difference is Jordan Love could be a starter in this league. And I think Jordan Love showed that in, in preseason Benkert is a backup, more in the mold to me of a of a Doug Peterson, who if you have to get by with a time, you can. And nobody, you know, is not going to be a huge demand in the waiver wire um, for Benkert, 26-year-old journeyman. Um, Chris Blair, Ben Braden, two guys I figured would make it back. Um, Jacob Capra, um, Cabron Into, uh, on, uh Ento, sorry, Kayvon Ento. Um, he was a guy, I, I figured the only reason why he didn't make the 53-man roster out of camp is his tackling needs work. His coverage is there, but his tackling needs work. And when you're looking at the spot of the roster he was going to take up, you're going to be a special teamers, a teams player, and you have to be able to tackle special teams. Um, in his games, safety made it. T-pole. Uh, Yeah, Tipo Nali I, he a linebacker who the coaches love. Um, he's a guy I figured would be brought back. Uh, Bronson Kalfusi, um, one of Rogers' favorite targets. He's back on the practice squad. JJ Molson. So obviously you want another kicker on the pra uh, kicker in around. So if your kicker tests positive for COVID, you have a guy that's already been around your team. And you can just bring him up from the practice squad and he doesn't have to do any re-entry processes or anything. Willington, uh, Pre-Vinlon, Pre uh, defensive lineman. Uh, Patrick Taylor, who I figured would. Cole Van Lanning, who I figured would. Roy Ray Wilbon, I figured would. Winfrey, I figured would. And a guy I was hoping would be on the practice squad. I, I was hoping he would come back to the practice squad, and he did. 
um, Economia St. Brown. I think there's a lot of talent there. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy to uh, live up to his potential. But I think there's definitely a ton of talent there with uh, St. Brown. So that's what the practice squad looks like. And they did just bring a long snapper onto the practice squad now. So as I mentioned, that Hunter Bradley would likely be on the practice squad to start the season um, and the initial 53-man roster, but it's not guaranteed that he'll stay on it for a long stretch of time. We'll see what the, sign, uh, the signing of the long snapper to the practice squad means. So with that, appreciate you all for listening. I do want to bring up my beer of the day. So in, Dor- in Sturgeon Bay, they have two uh, microbreweries in Sturgeon Bay. One of them, uh, Bridged Up uh, Brewing Company. This one is 1851 uh, Zickwiller Lager. Um, I, every beer I've tried at Bridged Up, I've been there twice. I was there last year uh, when I was up in Door County visiting my family, had a flight there again this year uh, when I was just there a few weeks ago, had a flight and just outstanding beer. So Bridged Up Brewing Company is my uh, uh, beer of the day. And haven't had one from them that I, I dislike thus far. So before I let you go, um, as I mentioned, beginning of the show, I will be doing another show on Monday, which will be an NFL preview episode. I will be dedicating the whole show to previewing the 2021 NFL season, giving my predictions for the division winners, playoff predictions, MVP predictions and whatnot. Um, then later in the week, I'm going to be scheduled, as of now, I'm scheduled to have a guest on my show. We're going to talk Packers Saints and preview the Packers 2021 season, which Packers Saints has been moved to Jacksonville. So find me on Twitter, Evan with Sports, Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan, and the audio version of this will be posted tomorrow. With that said, I'll talk to you all next week. Have a safe and wonderful uh, Labor Day weekend. Thank you. Bye.